All right, here we go. For the first time ever, gotta get up live from Barclay Center. Well, I should say I'm here live from Barclay Center. Brian, you're always here live. <laughs> and we got to see a pretty big game. ABC, Aces at New York Liberty. Mm -hmm. And just like the first matchup, it was a smackdown. That and more coming up on this episode of Gotta Get Up. And we reset. Welcome to another episode of Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans. Erica L. Ayala, along with Brian Florentin. We are here together live. Yeah. This is it. <laughs> We're crushing it. And although the New York Liberty did have a handful of games this weekend, Brian, we really want to talk about this one. Yep. We are here um, maybe an hour or so after the game. Yep. Uh, we've got, let's look at this. We're at the actual days where the players usually sit. So someone, Sabrina, Stewie, and or Sandy Brondello left this for us here. So we're going to walk through this. 99 almost got to 100 again the New York Liberty, but they held the Aces to 61. Yep. First thoughts? I would say the, the first thing that really stood out was just the activity level on defense. Even in, even in the early stages of the game, you saw the Liberty just flying around all over the place. We asked in postgame that their switches were so in sync. JJ was able to sort of come up and blow up a lot of actions. Even Yanesco was digging down on plays being active in the passing lanes, really being active and fully engaged on that front. And one thing also, just a little bit more on, on the UNESCO defensive side, they were going after her early. Like okay. Vegas made a point to sort of target her early on, and right. she held her own. She was really able to make those switches, contest every shot, not make any bad fouls. So today was really a banner day for the Liberty's defense and how they're able to sort of fly all over the place, communicate well, make sure to clean up the boards, dominate the boards, in fact, and really make sure that there were no second chances, no letdown, no, 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 oh, let me just take, take my foot off like five minutes. Nah, mm -mm. no, it's not here today. You said no second chances, but Brian, literally, literally no second chance points for the Las Vegas Aces, mm -hmm. the top team in the league who has only lost Connecticut and Dallas before this mm. afternoon. Yeah. One thing I think about from the first game, a play that really sort of stood out as far as like how dominant the, the Aces were, there was one possession where they got, I want to say like four offensive rebounds in one possession, and it ended in an Alicia Clark three. I think that took the lead to 20 at the time. And that was one of those where I said, oh, this team is way more energized. They have way more hustle, way more energy, way more heart tonight. So they were able to really sort of like knock the Liberty out right then and there. Today, they made sure that Vegas had no easy chances. They were able to play tough. They were able to play physical. They were really able to set the tempo and tone of the game, making sure that Vegas couldn't get out on the run as often, couldn't establish that dominance early on. Like Vegas was playing well to start, but right. the Liberty were able to sort of like withstand that early run, keep themselves together. And even though they trailed at the end of the first quarter, it's like, okay, we're fully in the game. We have that rhythm. We know what to do. And then just started building and building and building. And then after halftime, they just sort of took off in a way that we haven't seen in a while for this team. Yes. And we definitely want to talk about that a little bit more. But let's talk about the first half, especially in the waning 
minutes because Asia Wilson, who we have to mention in a 61 point effort by the aces only had nine Mm. points. Their leading scorer, Jackie Young, with 16. I think it was a, a quiet, a humble 16, yeah. as as Jackie is wont to do. Yeah. <laughs> it was a humble 16. You also had uh, Chelsea Gray with 15 points. But Asia Wilson, 9 points. There maybe was a little bit of drama. We're going to take you post-game to the Aces in a little bit here. But um, there was a knock that Asia took. Had to go back yeah. uh, to get evaluated. Flagrant foul. Uh, uh, flagrant one Mm -hmm. on John Quell Jones throwing them bows. Do you think that 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 hit to Asia impacted the game at all? I would say a little bit only because in the first quarter, she had three highlight blocks where if you wanted to put an Asia Wilson defensive player of the year package, you can just play those three clips alone and be like, oh, wow, this player is so she has like arms of like a dinosaur. She just like head everywhere you <laughs> so look. So good. And they I literally emphatic. said to Miles and Owen, who I was sitting next to, I was like Tyler from the committee who does, you know, uh, ex- exactly. I was like, he's gonna be so busy after this game yep. because the first the first few minutes were just wild with blocks. Yep. Stewie had a big block, but you're right. Asia had a a, a really great game early on and then took that hit yeah it felt like when she when when asia caught the elbow it it knocked the energy out of the building for a little bit because you you know even on a game where you know the crowd was like a hundred percent in favor of the liberty you you know 85 (laughs) it was it was 85 to 90 i'd say but but i get your point yeah like you never want to see a player go down especially with a head injury especially after last night when we saw shay have to leave out and 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 have to be taken to a hospital so everyone was hoping that she was okay Mm -hmm. and then when she came back in i said oh thank god she's all right she can play and then the energy sort of got itself back to where it was yeah but for the aces i think because whenever you lose, like, the heart and soul of the franchise, which mm-hmm. she is, you know, we, for all the talk about how sort of super the aces are, the, the, the Asia is the center of the universe. Absolutely. Like everything that they do runs through her, and she amplifies everything about the team, yeah. making it easier for Chelsea, making it easier for KP, for Jackie, Stokes even, making yeah. it, being able to sort of, like, handle every responsibility and handle it in an A-plus fashion is such a valuable skill for a franchise player. And I think just having her out, even for a little bit, it it just sort of takes a little bit of the rhythm off of you, I would say. Yeah. So it's it was tough. but It was tough. I think also early on we saw Kelsey Plum out of rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like UNESCO was really able to sort of get after Kelsey in a, mm. in a big way. There was one play where Kelsey sort of got Sabrina on a beautiful, on a beautiful crossover. I was like, oh, yeah, she's yeah. ready to lock in. But yeah. UNESCO was able to really use – we talked about it a little bit with her, but she was really able to use her strength mm-hmm. as a way to sort of get an advantage. Underrated strength. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, because we think of her as just like, you know, a sharpshooter. But yeah. she got some muscle. She does. She absorbs contact very well mm-hmm. for a guard. You know we've talked on Gotta Get Up a podcast for New York Liberty fans as part of Black Rosie Media that I'm not a big fan of her first step. Um, That being said, she is an aggressive guard. Mm -hmm. We've talked about guards getting downhill and how that has been almost only what the Liberty have been able to do in Mm -hmm. years past. But now they have a little Mm -hmm. bit more finesse, a little bit more skill. Um, I do want to uh, talk about, though, I I was going to make a Pac-12 joke, but the time has passed. Like, (sighs) Pac-12, I know, I know. I, Washington, Oregon, 
see it. It's been a good run. But anyway, um, this was just a, a, an Aces team that, that never really was able to regain anything after the half. The New York Liberty, however, it, it, it has been what we've been waiting for. You and I were in the scrum between Courtney Vandersloot, John Quell Jones, and again, right here on this dais, what were the Liberty telling us about how they felt this game helped them get closer to a full 40? Yeah, JJ mentioned that, you know, there are times where the Liberty will sort of like have those great stretches, but then like have, have a bad third quarter that lets teams back into games. Yep. They were really able to do the opposite. They hung they hung close in the first half and then they sort of like hit the turbo button and after halftime. And I think it was also something that Vanderslip mentioned, just being able to continue moving the ball, continue sort of getting out in transition, controlling the pace and not playing aces basketball. Right. That way, you know, she talked about it in pregame too, just being able to control the flow of the game and yep. being and being able to sort of like move in a way that's most comfortable for you as a team as compared to just sort of having to play that fast-paced style that vegas does being able to sort of slow them down play them physically every possession you know an underrated thing about this game was that and and she talked about it in post game but banasha picked up chelsea gray full court every single time mm-hmm. and even though gray didn't commit any any sort of like eight second violations or backcourt violations just having someone on your hip every possession down it just takes a toll on you throughout the game. Oh yeah. And when your offense for for a team like Vegas who can get into the offense so quickly, having to really get into your stuff with like 14 seconds to go on the clock, you know, time is running out a little bit. And JJ mentioned that they got the the Liberty were able to get the aces, the aces to overthink a little bit, mm. which I thought was fascinating. Yeah, you I know, liked that. They as well. the, the Vegas offense is so Superlative, like you almost run out of ways to describe them. They're first <laughs> at their first at the rim, first in mid-range, first in threes, first in offensive rating, right? Probably first in free throw potential. Like every any any good offensive category, they're number one in. Mm-hmm. And being able to get them to overthink and just sort of have that one second delay, which is all you need. If you're able to get them to overthink a little bit, get them to sort of like second guess and being able to have a big like Gigi who can sort of fly out and chase down Kelsey Plum, having a Stewie who can match up on like a Jackie Young or a Chelsea Graham occasion, mm-hmm. just really being able to throw so many different combinations at them and blow up what they're doing. Yep. It makes it harder for them to get into their stuff and yes. make and make that free-flowing dynamic style that we're so used to makes it a little bit harder for them to access. Yeah, and uh, in a minute, I'm, we're going to send you to some clips from the Las Vegas Aces media availability. I actually sat in mm-hmm. in that not the most comfortable room <laughs> to sit in. Um, and, you know, we, we try to keep things clean here, but let's just say uh, they felt they got the rump beat. <laughs> it was mentioned multiple times. And let's take you to Becky Hammond, uh, who will – soon be officially enshrined into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, along with already being a member of the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. But uh, here's what she had to say about getting a rump beating, but then also how sometimes you got to get your rump beat. And so again, that was Becky Hammond. That was post-game media availability. It was pretty short, pretty concise. We had heard that also from Asia Wilson and Chelsea Gray. That was one of the first things that they said to the point where a lot of us were like, wait, did did Becky already come? Because, um, you know, they that, that that's what they said happened. Um, again, the zero second chance points to the Liberties 20. Now the Aces, that's not for lack of opportunity, but they just went 0 for 3. Yeah. But only three second chance opportunities compared to 12 for the New York Liberty. 
there were some lead changes, but those all came early. And this was just, you know, points in the paint. We, we take a look at a lot, 36 points in the paint for the New York Liberty, 26 for the Aces. And so what we also heard from Becky Hammond is that this is an Aces team that needs to get back to their defensive identity. And it's something that we also heard from Liberty Camp. Yeah. Um, and although they got the victory, we had been talking about the lead up and why that things can be a little inconsistent at yeah. times. And that's what I love. Anyone who follows me or has read any of my work, you know, I'm always going to talk about defense. And so the fact that in, in a, a one-sided game, both teams talked about the importance of defense and that grit and that grind that comes from really going all in defensively. Mm-hmm. Aces just didn't have it tonight. The Liberty got back to that tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing, especially for the Liberty, just being able to sort of play with that physicality and being able to sort of chase players off their spots, that part matters a lot. And when you're able to sort of like switch so seamlessly mm-hmm. and then you have a big like JJ who, who vacuums up every rebound within our orbit that part is so valuable like there were moments early in the season where they would like like the liberty would come would have a great defensive stop but then they, they'd allow that extra rebound and then when you keep giving teams extra opportunities and that's just going to bite you in the butt so being able to sort of own the glass and get that initial stop completely that part opens up a world of hurt for the, for opponents okay. and it gets the liberty out on the run get those easy baskets makes life easier on offense for them so that way you're not having to sort of like do everything in the half court just being able to get out on the run get the crowd even more on your side, mm-hmm. that part matters a great deal. And I think that a game like today and being able to sort of like sort of like make everything as hard as possible for Vegas, that part I think will really be a blueprint for them and what they can do going forward. Yeah, I love it. And it was something that so the Liberty had a few games that we talked about um, it, on our last episode of Gotta Get Up. We knew that they were gonna see LA again. Yep. They were going to see Minnesota again mm-hmm. and then have a big game yep. in their return to Barclays. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily get easier. And Sandy Brondello talked a little bit about how, yes, she does have joy from this game. <laughs> she's not necessarily any higher or lower given this win or even the context of super teams and all of that stuff because yeah. they now have to take care of business once again here at Barclays against a Chicago team yep. that has beat them this season. Came back from 19, in fact. Exactly. And so having this game um, in their in the, their bag and being able to win this game is something that um, John Cole Jones told us um, before, you know, big ABC matchup. We usually get the teams just for, for those who may not know. We usually get the teams and the matchup. We'll get the players um, a couple of days yeah, beforehand days in addition to media availability that we would have yeah. just as beat reporters for the team. And in that, uh, I loved it. And we're going to send you to the clip. But uh, JJ talked about having to thug out a win. Um, so here's that clip. And so, of course, I was in the scrum, Brian, and I had to ask her about the difference between thugging out a win, which we've seen the New York Liberty have to do. Plenty. Including, (laughs) exactly, recent recent memory. Um, But knowing that they have won games by thugging out a a win, as you heard from JJ, but also they win games like this afternoon. Mm -hmm. And if that puts them in a better position, even just from a mentality um, and confidence level, 
when it comes to postseason. And John Quill felt that, yeah, it has the potential to do that because it shows not not necessarily the breadth of work, but it shows and it gives you a framework um, as to what it takes to win in this league. Yeah. I think that for this team, being able to win in so many different ways, that part speaks to, like, I think it's, it almost, like, just added to your memory bank for down the line. If if you have a game where you have to win 110-107, you can do that. If you have to win a 65-63 kind of game and you have to sort of grind it out, they can do that, too. Mm-hmm. Just being able to sort of, like, adapt in so many different ways, play so many different styles, be able to handle even nights where Stewie can go, like, two for ten. And you and you can you, you trust her to play that great defense regardless right. because that, that carries with you everywhere. Right. So being able to sort of do that and being able to sort of, like, adjust to different opponents, adjust to – even how games are called. Mm. Like this game, no whistles. Mm. We just played straight, just straight basketball. Outside of that one flagrant, everybody get on the court, do your thing, mm-hmm. let's let's play. Being able to, to win a game that way, mm-hmm. being able to sort of like excel in that in that kind of environment, I think speaks to where this team has gotten from over the past six weeks. And I think it's something where they can use this as a marker to sort of launch into something even higher. And we talked about a few of the things that you just mentioned, including, you know, we were a little bit worried maybe, or should we be worried about the usage of Stewie? Hmm. Um, you know, Brianna Stewart gets 23 points, yeah. but not their leading score. Yeah. That was Sabrina Ionescu, 31 points, and was magnificent from three. Yeah, it felt like... It, I, I remember someone described Steph Curry as, you know, when he makes threes... It's almost like a back. It's like it's a backbreaking kind of mm. thing, where it's like he can have like thirty, but it's like a loud thirty. Mm-hmm. Whereas like he hits, he hits those threes that just sort of like knock the wind out of you. Yes. And I felt like for UNESCO today, she hit threes that had the building shaking. Absolutely. Like the building was turned up every single time yep. she made a three, and being able to hit a really difficult shots too. Like every time they get a rebound, they'd find Sabrina out, out in transition, and then she'd be able to cash in that way. Mm-hmm. So I feel like being able to do that was so impressive for her. And I think that she set the tone for the game. Like she was locked in. Like locked everyone in who was everyone who was here was locked in. Mm-hmm. But I feel that her in particular, yep. because she was almost a weak point in that first game, it mm. was something where it's like, okay, I gotta Pride. I gotta make sure that I'm not the yeah. weak link again this time. Mm-hmm. And I think her being able to sort of bend the aces defense all the way out deep beyond the three-point line really opened everything up for everybody else too. And just having the crowd with you and making those big baskets and getting downhill too. Yeah. Because sometimes you can think, oh, she's a great three-point shooter. She's like her her, her two-point percentage is whatever, but she's getting downhill, yep. getting to the free throw line, doing all these things. That part, I think, really sort of set the tone for today. Yeah, you could feel Sabrina's definitely the type of player where I don't know that she'd admit this to us just yet, but she's like last dance, and I took exception to that type player. You know, like she's gonna she's gonna put something up on her whiteboard. Um, but she had a great game. We talked a little bit about Stewie. Uh, had an amazing um, conversation with uh, young reporter Pepper Persley. Pepper, yes, crushing it. And um, you know, we I had asked Pep if uh, or who has to be an impact player. To, to get a win for either side. So mm. what's your answer for Vegas? What's your answer for New York? And we had a back and forth because it, it's an interesting, you know, th- th- thought exercise. Yeah. 
But you know I had to bring up my girl, Kayla Thornton. <laughs> Kayla Thornton um, coming off the bench, eight points, a humble eight. Yeah. But again, I feel like we talk about this every week, especially with KT. Right plays, right time. Yep. There was one play, even deep in the fourth, where the game was fully decided. She's still diving on the floor for loose Amazing. balls. And yep. I feel like plays like that set the tempo for the franchise yes. where you're never going to sort of like take your foot off the gas. Exactly. You got to, you got to play hard, play smart, play tough mm-hmm. every trip down. Exactly. Because I feel like for a lot of people, I feel like coming into season, a lot of folks are, Oh, the Liberty jump shooting team, this and that, this and that. But nah, we were tough. We play physical. We yep. can beat you up on the inside. We can really sort of grind you out if need be. Yep. And I feel like players at KT sort of add to that. Crushing. And I think that also, I remember back when she first was traded, she did an interview with Miles and Owen where she wanted to sort of tell Liberty fans that, oh, hey, I got that dog in me. And, oh, 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 I know from yeah, the Dallas days. Yep. And, she's, <laughs> and she's kept that up 100%. 100%. And I feel like it's something where when, when you have a player like that off the bench who can sort of who can sort of fit into so many roles, allow them to play a little bit smaller. Because mm-hmm. although Sydney loves doing double bigs without Dolson and Han around, it's, it's Stewie at the center. Right. JJ primarily at center. So you could have Katie at the four and having someone who can sort of do all these things and do it at a high level, right. I think sets a good tone. And also something that was interesting today, I thought for Katie was she didn't hesitate when she shot. Mm. Sometimes, you know, this happens with MJ sometimes. So it's like you, you're open for like a second and you just and you pause and mm-hmm. that's enough for the defense to get back. For KT, as soon as she was open and she got the ball, that thing was going up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is a good is a good sign for this yep. group because you never want to have it where the starters have to do all the heavy lifting on right. offense. They can and yes. they will. And yes. I think the deeper we go, there might have to be a situation where, hey, my my my, my starting five, y'all got to go thirty five. Yeah. So having KT be aggressive and be willing to take those open shots when she gets them, I think makes it so that way defenses have to respect her even more. I love that you brought up bench points. We almost always talk about the bench and mm-hmm. performance. I don't have our, our fancy charts. I might drop them when we do post-editing. Did you like the decision to kind of go with more or less the starting lineup even deep into the fourth quarter, or did that concern you a little bit? Um, I was okay with it, primarily because we've seen this team sort of trick off leads all the time. That part. Like, <laughs> When, because I remember when they when they were up nineteen against Chicago, I'm like, all right, they got this wrapped up. And then I look up, and then like Kalia Copper is going crazy. I'm like, whoa, what just happened here? So I think for this group, just being able to sort of have your foot on the gas and keep it there. Correct. And you know, for a Vegas team, they play their starters a lot too. Exactly. And we know that they can heat up in a moment's notice. So just making sure that you keep, like, you got them down, you keep them down. Exactly. Make sure they don't even think about getting up. Yeah. Like you, like you do that, and I think for this group, just more reps always always helps too. Yeah. And I think on the on the night, still we only, like the, the highest was thirty three minutes, mm-hmm. and we've seen Stewie play thirty seven. Yeah, so, we talked about that last episode. Yeah, so thirty three in context of 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 the workload she has had is. Is, is, is a good thing and also with the lead getting as big as it was it wasn't like the game against the sparks where it's like you're you're grinding it out having some right. like extra physical every time out you have you have you have cushion you have comfort yeah. so even though they're so giving max effort it's it's like a different kind of max effort it's, it's almost like in baseball where a starter has like 100 pitches mm-hmm. if it's not stressful pitches it's like, right. okay i can That's... i can i can push you a little bit more good whereas call. if you're 
if you have two runners on every inning, yeah. it's, it's hard. Deep you, into the count. Yeah, yeah, doing yeah. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that part helps too. Yeah. And I think also you want to – we're on ABC – I want to put on the show. Hey. Like everybody's here, sold out crowd. I'm like, why not? Yeah. Like, if someone wants to like pull from 30 plus and it goes in in the Florida offense, who can complain, right? <laughs> have like have your fun, do your thing, and really keep building those good habits, and then you can sort of like dial the, you can sort of dial the energy back, and then the bench can just come in, make sure everything's nice and steady. Yeah, put put good plays together, do stuff like that. Keep yeah. playing hard, and then build that into build that into Friday and and since they have two days off this week because usually yeah. with the Liberty after after a game if they're off for a couple of days they'll, they'll take the Monday off and then practice Tuesday mm -hmm. this week they're doing Monday and Tuesday off so they have yes. a next they have an extra day to sort of rest their bodies up because yeah. next week they've got another jam-packed schedule and a lot of travel including a back-to-back -back mm -hmm. from Vegas to Phoenix so just being able to get those minutes in and then have that extra rest on the back end as a good reward I think sets the tone for them I agree we've talked about rest we knew this coming week on last episode of gotta get up we talked about it that mm -hmm. this is going to be a grind yep. they're going west to to back to east yep. which effectively the aces did as well and they talked a little bit about that in media here and there um and it sounded like maybe they had to move hotels and mm. so that that's never something that you want but to the to say it had an the adverse you know, impact that led to this scoreline, I think, is a stretch. Yeah. And, and they were all since Tuesday. Yeah, what, what exactly. Olivia flew in from Minnesota yesterday. Right, that part. Um, so I think it's great that they're getting some rest. I agree completely. Similarly to what we were saying, where you want the muscle memory of being able to thug out a game, yep. but you also want the muscle memory of, of being able to run up a lead and keep the lead. Yep. <laughs> um, I think it's the same for starters being able to really close out a game mm -hmm. that being said we've talked about it we talked about it a little bit last episode and yeah. throughout that we also need to see the muscle memory of the bench and the reserves being comfortable and confident and you know i love being in person because the liberty beat is amazing so many great minds and we we get the same information and then it we synthesize it in different ways yeah. so i mean you've got your analytical people i'm the eye test person and the defense person i claim that thank you very much um we all have a little bit of a different spin and so before we started recording you know we were having conversations on you know whose bench do we think is better yeah. you know uh what players are impact players and we don't always agree on this but i think that's the beauty of it and i think we're seeing um an aces team that has to get back to their basics. Yeah. They, for whatever reason, I mean, it's a long season-ish. <laughs> there, there are longer ones, but it's a grind. It's still a grind. What we heard from Sloot in particular, but JJ said it as well when we were in the scrum, is we know that this, um, this matchup we will see, what, another three times? Yep, they'll be back. In, in August alone, including the Commissioner's Cup, where there's 500K pool mm -hmm. for the winning team on the line. I loved JJ said it and Sloot reinforced it. They came in with a certain energy, the New York Liberty did, because they remembered oh. what happened last time these two teams played. And they know that they had the number one team. I mean, they're the second team in the league, but you got the number one team coming in. Yep. You got to show up and... They were doing it on home court. I think it was Sloot who said, 
we wanted to make sure that we put on a show that we defend home court and, and admitted that that's not always something they've been able to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing, you know, Benaja Laney mentioned it on um, Jackie, our friend Jackie Powell, she mentioned that there was a friend li- of the pod. Yes. <laughs> there was a Liberty fan she saw who had a Liberty loyal shirt and B mentioned just like rewarding that loyalty to the team. I've been thinking about it a lot and I would love to sort of talk to like someone like a Jonathan Colbert, Kia Clark, who have been here the longest. Mm-hmm. Just being able Kia. to, yeah, Kia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being able to reward the fans who have been with them this entire journey, and especially from where from where they were in the darkest days of the franchise to where they are now. Yep. And I think that it's it's almost a sense of pride where it's like, you know, I'm representing for New York, but I'm representing for y'all too. Yeah. Like y'all folks who've been with us this whole way through. Like y'all was y'all was with us during COVID. Yep. During the during the post COVID twenty one, where there, there wasn't much fans in the building, so much things were like out of out of sorts and out of order. The Westchester days. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Being able to be with us throughout throughout that whole time, and you want to make sure that you give them something where. It's almost like a snowball where, okay, you're here. You have this great experience. You were really able to sort of like be in basketball nirvana. Mm. You'll have someone else come in and then they'll get to experience and you just keep building it and building it. And really, I think continuing to, I guess, beyond establishing your footprint in New York again and sort of like, and sort of like going into warp speed as far as like really making the city your home right. a thousand percent again. Yeah, I think that it also for the players, you want to, when, I, I, I tweeted this in the first quarter. Like I was saying, like this is what, like you, it's hard. It's like nothing can beat a, a jam-packed, hyped-up basketball crowd. Like everybody, like when you're in these playoff settings, these big game settings, like everyone's dialed in, everyone's focused, like yeah. everyone's like ready to rock and roll, and yeah. you, and you feed off that. It gives you that extra oomph, where it's like, oh wow, you know, they really they bring it today. I'm yeah, gonna, like I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna be the mark out there <laughs> that's getting picked on. Nah, right. not, me. not me. I'm gonna right. make sure that I give these folks something to be proud of. Mm-hmm. And I think that it speaks to a level of determination. And I think I guess beyond professionalism, just like determination and, yeah. and like a level of care. Like you got everything here, big ABC, everybody in the house. That's like it. this is this is what you live for. And being able to put on a show like that for your home fans, I think is extra special for the players. And we we heard that reinforced even, again, I spent a lot of time in the visiting, um, not locker room because we don't do that no more, <laughs> but um, <laughs> in the, the visiting media room. And, you know, I know you mentioned that you had asked those questions to the Aces, but it was reinforced again yeah. post-game. You know, we know that this is a big deal, not just for Aces, not just for Liberty, but for the league. Yep. And Kathy Engelbert was sitting right here. She got stuck in that, you know, tri-state traffic, but we got her. We got her eventually. Um, and, and this is big. And it's been a part of, as commissioner, Kathy Engelbert has been clear on her pillars. Yeah. And one of them is rivalries. Yep. And this is uh, bubbling up to be a pretty good one. Yeah, it was a, you know, good, intense game. Like, you know, I think especially once Asia had, I want to say the second or third block, like the bench was hype. Yeah. They were, I was I, I was telling um, the folks in the press, I'm like, these guys are dialed in. Like, yeah. they're ready to bring it today. Yeah. And they, and you know, they 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 matched the energy from the crowd. They did. You know, it wasn't as, because usually in these games, like, you know, everyone gets love, you know, everyone gets sort of cheered and things like that, but not today. Like, <laughs> <laughs> everyone here knew everyone knew what the deal was. It's like, yeah. nah, this is the best team. They're coming in our house. That's Mm-mm. it. Y'all not gonna feel comfortable. Liberty loud. Because yeah. because you have to think back also, last like the last time we saw the aces in this building, they 
beat the heck out of the Liberty on camp day in front mm. of all the little ones. <laughs> like sold out crowd, 10,000 plus people in here. And they they ran the Liberty out the game by like the five minute mark in the first quarter. Yeah. So being able to sort of get that back after exactly. a year of like, you know, having to sit with your fans here, like your last time seeing that team was like, oh, wow, we're nowhere close to them. Right. And, be, and being able to get them back in here today, they're – they're still amazing, and you guys are starting to get to that high level that they are. Mm-hmm. You want to sort of let people know that, oh, hey, you know, they got it, but we got it too. That's it. That's it. You mentioned it a few times, but it was a sellout. Uh, 11,418 is the official mark and the official tally that we have for this game. Upper Bowl at Barclays, biggest crowd um, for women's basketball at Barclays to date. So a lot was happening, but we've mentioned it a few times, a few days off for Mm. this Liberty squad, at least without games. They'll have full-on rest, as you mentioned, Monday, Tuesday. They'll get back after it, as uh, (laughs) Katie Smith used to say all the time in (laughs) post-game. We just got to get after it. Oh, my gosh. I loved Katie Smithisms. Not so much the record during Katie Smith days, but either way, um, neither here nor there. Mm. But um, Chicago. Yep. Going to be tough. Copper burned the Liberty to the ground last time she saw them. Like I think she went she like, like <laughs> I think she went like six for six in that in that third quarter when they made that run. I was like, Filthy. oh my god, this is this yeah. is something. And I think I have to check, but I think they blew out Dallas today. Mm. I think they beat them by like twenty. Yeah, there was there were some wild games happening. Yeah. We got to check up on that. Yeah, like so <laughs> Chicago, they're close to a playoff spot, and yeah. they they're gonna make sure you know they've had so much turmoil and so transition, much, yeah. and you know that's a proud. Group players right there yeah. they're going to make sure that they bring the effort yeah. and make sure that they can sort of right. get into yep get into that eight spot mm-hmm. make you know make make sure that you get in there be able to overcome all the hardships yep. you have dealt with and have that so i feel like for the liberty also this this is a liberty team that, that tends to bounce back from when they from when they get stuck with losses mm-hmm. i feel like this is a group that remembers how bad they felt after after they let that 19 point lead right. let up and sloot mentioned this that sometimes they haven't Given the fans all that they wanted at home, like because mm-hmm. most of their losses have kind of come at home, so you want to make sure, especially for a team yeah. that beat y'all last time, you want to make sure you got something for them. Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. I, and I think from where the team is now compared to where we saw them in, I want to say it was June, right? Somewhere around. There. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. This team is leaps and bounds better, oh, and absolutely. I think it starts with their with their work on the inside with JJ. So I yes. think that they're going to want to make sure that they that that, that, that they give the fans a nice reward before they head out on the road for another week or so. Yeah. And then that way you you you, you put on the show, do that. And also MC Light's gonna be in the house. Hey, which, light hey, is a rock. Hey. If I MC Light's here, I'm gonna put on a good show. I'm like make right. sure hey man. Light is a rock or I should say a boulder <laughs> rolling down your neck, pounding on your shoulder. Let's go. John Quill Jones once again double digits rebounds. Yep. Has been that way since All Star break. Mm-hmm. And we again we've alluded to this, but she talked to us um, after after the game in the media scrum, and just knows that that's something that she has to bring. We've talked about it. It first it was coming back from the injury, then getting healthy, and now integrating, not reintegrating, but integrating for the first time mm-hmm. um, with this squad. But also we got to mention, uh, you know, uh, Courtney Vandersloot. Yes. Because Courtney Vandersloot, 
got another mark. She surpassed Tisha Penichero on the all-time assist leaderboard and is inching ever so close to that number one spot. Mm. Um, she talked to us a little bit after that. JJ uh, was asked a little bit about what is how does playing with someone like Courtney Vandersloot benefit and she's like I mean well I get I get the passes right you know uh you know if I'm making the buckets then yep. that means that's how she gets the assist I love that answer it was like yeah I mean she's passing it to me now um so I love that we're starting to really see John Quell get more comfortable and so all this craziness you know who you are that we're getting all worked up about this Liberty squad so early and really coming after JJ now listen I'll be the first one and I've said it on this podcast. There's some things. JJ got some tendencies. And we saw a little bit of that with the flagrant one mm. where it's just the awareness. There was another foul where I thought it was hilarious that she was uh, she was put out that she got uh, called for a foul. I was like, JJ, take care, Doug. I was like, sis, now you know you hip-checked her and then slapped her on the wrist. Like, come on. Players never commit fouls <laughs> right. if, you, if you let them Exactly. Them. I mean, you know, especially we're not going to go there because she didn't even play today, so we won't let that go. But anyway, um, <laughs> Junkwell is one of those players. You know, you know. Y'all know, y'all know, but we're not going to do that. She, she out-injured. Well, um, you know, JJ has those tendencies and can fall into a lethargy. Yeah. That has diminished for the time being mm -hmm. since the all-star break and right on time for this liberty squad yeah one of the big things with jj earlier was that she'd get into a good group but then fouls would get her mm -hmm. like there'd be games where she started for like six points in the first quarter and then next thing you know at the five minute mark she's got her second foul and that just sort of takes the sort of aggressiveness and assertiveness out of her game right she's cut down on that a tremendous deal and yeah. i think that having her out there really being able to sort of like deter all these shots yes and you know we talked about it with b in post game, being able to sort of switch so seamlessly, uh -huh. having a big like JJ who could sort of fly all over the place and and match up with those small guards on a switch, I think really sort of like chases off opponents and makes things a lot harder for them. Yep. So you have her engaged on the defensive end. She's getting all these offensive rebounds. There was one point in the first quarter where I was like, she got, I think she grabbed like three offensive rebounds in the first quarter. And it's like every time the Liberty would miss, it's like, oh, hey, that's JJ again. I'm like, I was like, wow. She's just like grabbing everything possible. Everything. And I think having a player like that who can score in the post, who can score, who can stretch the floor from deep and someone who can just be like, oh, hey, JJ, if we don't miss, we need you to sort of like use your smarts and your skills to get to get in position to get those boards and get another opportunity. Having that, I think, is so valuable. Yep. And I think that it wears the defense down. You know, it's, we, we talked about it on the Liberty side where it's like, you know, they would make the good defense initial stop, but then let up those extra rebounds. Yep. I, it works the same in the other way. The teams can make those stops, but JJ is so big. She's, I was telling Lucas, it's like, she's playing more big if mm. that makes sense yeah like it's one of those things that you see is like you know it when you see it it's yeah. like you're playing in such a dominant fashion yes like every like anything that's that's in your ear you're getting if yeah. they try to shoot over you you're, you're sending it somewhere else and that's why this team has been in conversation for super team now mm. i thought what i think is hilarious is we've talked about this on this podcast on this here podcast the new york liberty do not embrace that nope um, not at all. And they're tired of hearing about it. But, you know, I spent time in the Liberty or excuse me, in the, the Vegas media room and they're tired of it, too. Yep. 
no no one like this is this is the only time in life where you're told you are so spectacular but don't nobody want it nobody wants don't it. want none asia, of it asia told oh us if they goodness. win nine street chips so then, then we could be the super team but she's like we are not wearing lycra we are not super uh, hilarious we're gonna have to put that clip up in there as well but um Chicago is going to be a good test for this Liberty squad, especially because I liked what Asia said, just to go back to the, the aces. Asia has said this multiple times before, but she's like, at the end of the day, it's aces versus aces. Yep. And I think, you know, teams all have different ways of saying that at some point in time, but I want to see the, the Liberty really embrace that mentality. And I think the way they do it is by giving us a really solid performance and trying to not only meet the fluidity that we saw, meet the intensity, the focus that we saw in this game against the, the number one team, but how can they do that against Chicago? Mm-hmm. Not because they're a team clawing for a playoff spot, not because the Liberty are the, the second team, but because the Liberty are playing consistent. Yep. That's going to be a good test. And Chicago is a team. I mean, you know, we've seen this Liberty team struggle against Seattle. We've seen them in recent memory struggle against Minnesota mm-hmm. and L.A. Yep. So we're not – this is not a thing, or at least it shouldn't be, right, that the Liberty only show up when they're playing the team that's ahead of them in the standings. Mm-hmm. They can't do that. And I think what to me was a good indication that they're starting to move to that mentality is that, and they were asked multiple times, I'm forgetting who, was it Lucas who was asking um, about how to get, or it was either Lucas or Jackie that was asking um, and, and got the Liberty to respond to making sure that they were playing a Liberty basketball yeah. and not responding to Aces basketball. Yeah. I think that is it, it speaks to like that peace question mm-hmm. where if you're able to control the flow of the game and have it in your direction, right. it makes your life so much easier. So much easier. And it makes it so that way you're not having to sort of scramble to get back into a game. You can right. establish that 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 early rhythm and then build off it that way. We've seen them do it sometimes, like they did it against Atlanta. Like the mm-hmm. times they played Atlanta this season, they were really able to sort of like set that tempo early and then just build and build and build and build and build. And, build. and we saw that again today. So I think the challenge for this team going forward is how to how to sort of react first like they, they sabrina mentions it a lot being able to punch first mm. that's a big thing for this team right if you're able to punch first can you Truly. continue landing those combinations and can you sort of like Ooh, wear a team <laughs> yeah can you wear these teams out and can yes. you make it so that way yes. you get up by like 20 and they're not even they're not even going to be close to trying yeah. to come back i mean yeah and that's what we saw the most complete game yep. we've seen from the Liberty. We've seen uh, brushes of brilliance, as I like to say. They have that in them. They need to be more consistent with it. And I think the next step is, because we know this Aces team, we're going to see them in Commissioner's Cup a few more times in the regular season. And then, I mean, anything can happen in the playoffs. But I think if, if people had to decide today, I think we have a good chance that we can see these two teams duking it out for a championship. They, we already know what Brian has to say. Yep, like, <laughs> Even when the Liberty's going to be there. <laughs> we'll see them again. And, yeah. for, and for a proud team like this with players who who are hyper-competitive. Got that dog. Yep. 
they're going to want to come back and be like, oh, word, like, y'all got us that, like, we got mm-hmm. you the first time, y'all got us the second time. That's it. Now, with 500K on the line, we're going to mm-hmm. make sure we got something for you. Come on and listen, Asia and them be real clear about how much that money means to them. But that's where having a player like Stewie, even JJ, JJ has never won a Commissioner's Cup but has played in one. Stewie has won that thing, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, that is the next evolution for this Liberty squad. What does the dog mentality look like for the Liberty? They've had to dog out, or as JJ said, bug out some games. Mm -hmm. But is that a a switch that they can flip? I'm going to go World Cup on y'all. Now, we know the U.S. Women's National Team, they couldn't get it (sighs) done against Sweden. But remember when Lindsay Horan, she showed us what that dog is. She was getting fouled left and right, and she was like, oh, oh, really? Oh, really? And then sister girl went and got us them goals. That's what we need to see. I think there are glimpses of that. And there's certain players that play just with a, a doggish mentality. Benajalini, Kayla Thornton, yep. I think are there. Stewie has a – Stewie, see, see the thing about Stewie, and we've talked about this before. There, what, what game was that we talked about on the podcast where Stewie wasn't getting nothing to drop? But she did everything she could to get anybody else on the squad to be effective with shooting, getting rebounds, uh, hustle plays that we and we saw it again tonight. So Stewie does have that dog as well. But does the Liberty? I don't know yet. I don't know the answer. I genuinely don't know if the Liberty as a collective unit know what it feels like, what it looks like. And what they need to do to get to that dog mentality. The Aces, we've seen them do that. Mm-hmm. We've seen Chicago do that. We've seen, you know, a lot of teams. I would say Dallas. Yeah. We've seen teams collectively have that dog in them. The Liberty, I'm not saying that they can't do it. I just don't know that we've seen it yet. Not really. Not completely. And so I think that has to be the next evolution because this is a team that they did get the win. Now, see, the Sparks messed around and and won today. So that means that the Liberty didn't clinch. Like, Sparks all of a sudden want to win games. (laughs) But jokes aside, we got to wait to see if they officially clinch a playoff berth. The Aces have already done that. So at at this point, I think we can pretty much say at 22 and 6, it's inevitable. Um, So now that's the next step. You don't want to th- oh, you don't want to think about it too prematurely, but you also you can't turn that on. And again, going back to the World Cup women's national team, I think that's what bit them in the butt. They waited to get that dog a little too late. Mm-hmm. We don't want that to happen to the Liberty. Yeah, yeah. And I think for this team, just being and I think having Connecticut hot on their heels is going to mm-hmm. give them that extra spark to be like, okay, we want to make sure that. If we make it to the finals, we're probably going to start on the road, and that's okay. But before we get there, we want to have as many games in our building as humanly possible. It. And this crowd today is going to be was so valuable. It's and in a playoff setting, you know, we were at like a nine today. Playoff playoff championship level basketball is going to be even higher. True. Like we, you sky's know, the limit. Yeah, New York basketball. Like you know, basketball fans here. Like you know, when is playoff time? Turn it's up all the like, way. It's all the way. All the up. way live. Yep. yep. Like you like you watch you watch clips from like the men's side. Like in playoff games where, where there's like high stakes, high emotion, mm-hmm. crowd crowd brings it. That's it. And you know, it's gonna be a jam-packed building every night for That's the playoffs. It. So you know that they're gonna the crowd's really gonna give them that extra energy to get through. So you wanna make sure you get as many games in front of them as you can and you dominate on the way to get there. So that way you know that okay. 
we you know it's time we can we can turn it up and really get and get on that good and get on that good foot get on the good foot <laughs> so we ain't got no brothers or sisters on the wall here but we do got the liberty logo here brian and i coming to you live from barclay center for this episode of gotta get up a podcast for New York Liberty fans as brought to you by Black Rosie Media. But we're going to wrap this thing up, Brian, because mm-hmm. we've got a, a good week of practice. Now you and I will both be around. Oh, I should say you always around. <laughs> I'm going to be around. I'm going to be back home in New York. I'm going to be around. Um, so we'll try to get you some bonus clips from, from practice and then Chicago on Friday. Yep. Oh, so it's going to be a good one. So We'll see what we can get you. Uh, but in the meantime, in between time, thank you as always. Make sure if you're not already, subscribe to Black Rosie Media YouTube channel, which is where the podcast lives, as well as anywhere you listen to audio podcasts. Make sure you follow the local W. Brian holding it down with uh, the, the WNBA content uh, and leading that effort. And follow us. We'll make sure we put our links there. But busy XB. E Lindsay 08. That's L I N D S A Y. Thank you with a 08. And uh, we'll come back next week for more New York Liberty basketball talk. Peace. <laughs> we did it. Yeah. First live one.